Hello, and welcome back to the Expand Podcast with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I'll be talking all about the way the universe works. I'm going to be talking about neural networks. I'm going to be talking about the two components that make up the universe. I'm going to be giving you a couple of definitions today, and I'm going to be really deep diving into how we as humans, but also how we as souls can transcend the universe. How do we move through the universe, learn the lessons that we came here to learn in order to move forward, grow, and of course, expand? So the first thing I want to talk about is just where and how I've gained access to this information. I just want to put a little disclaimer out there and say that I do not do any external research. I don't read books. I don't watch videos on this spiritual quantum physics type of stuff. Everything that I'm going to be explaining today, I have received from my own experiences. Now, of course, the experiences that I'm talking about are not just the experiences that I've had as a 26-year-old human. I'm talking about the experiences that I've obtained through my astral traveling, my remote viewing, and of course, my ability to transcend space and time, which allows me to go into past lifetimes as well as future lifetimes. Now, if you really start to understand the way in which the universe works, which we are going to be talking about today, then you'll understand that lifetimes not only are on this planet in all different species, meaning animals, plants, insects, humans, but also past lifetimes and future lifetimes can especially be off of this planet. And if you think about the little speck of existence that we have here on this one planet floating around the universe, there is trillions and billions of other specks of existence and species and life forms that are also out there in the universe. Now, if you can't wrap your head around that, that's okay. I just wanted to let all of you know that I have gained access to the understanding of the universe through my own internal and otherworldly exploration. So the first thing that I want to go into is the definition of the universe. Now, once again, this is my own definition. I have not received this from anywhere else other than my own understanding. So the way that I define the universe is a collection of atomic and subatomic particles which are navigated through the vibration of consciousness. I know it's a lot of words and probably words that you have to stop and and look up, but essentially what I'm talking about is the universe is a place full of physical atoms, right? So we've got the physical aspect of the universe, 
And I truly believe that the only driving force behind the physical atomic aspect of the universe is energy. Energy and vibration are the only things that actually motivate and push the particles forward. Now, if you really want to get technical, this actually comes down to a very famous experiment in quantum physics called the double slit experiment. Now, this is definitely a topic for another podcast, but I just want to briefly mention that it has been proven by quantum physics that our conscious observation changes and manipulates the physical world around us. Therefore, what that means is that part of the biggest component of the universe itself is consciousness. All consciousness is, is vibrational frequency. And when we put intention and awareness behind vibrational frequency, we can actually manipulate the world around us with that conscious vibration, with our soul, with our consciousness. So once again, my definition of the universe is a collection of atomic and subatomic particles which are navigated through the vibration of consciousness. Consciousness is the driving force behind the physicality of the universe. And we're going to really unpack that. Now, the next definition that I wanted to just kind of start off with is the definition of a neural network. You might have heard this term before, and if not, that's totally okay too. So once again, a neural network is an energy system devised of patterns, conductors, and receivers. This is just my own definition. So I want to talk about popular examples of neural networks or networks in general. Computers are the perfect example of a neural network. Once again, it's an energy system. There is electricity that is actually directing the pulse and the conductors and receivers of the computer system. It is a system. It's an energy system. None of these neural networks would be even created or in existence without the push and the conductivity of energy. Energy is the fundamental baseline of everything in existence within the universe. And for a very long time, classical physics only ever looked at the physical atomic components of this reality. And now, as we begin to wake up, we start to realize that the physical aspect of this reality is only a very small portion of what's in existence. It's the energy that really flows, defines, and creates patterns. Now, another really good example of a popular neural network system is actually the chakra system. So if you really think about it, the chakras in the human body, which is, I believe, a... A Hindu belief system. I know it was created in in India, um, but the chakra system is basically a network within our body of energetic meridians. For those of you who don't know, energetic meridians are basically points in our body where the lines of the energy system intersect, which actually creates a mini vortex. 
So believe it or not, our entire body is created and made up of all of these lines, and that's what they are, they're actually lines of energy systems. And when multiple of these lines, both vertical and horizontal, when these lines intersect over and over and over again, then it actually creates this little energy vortex in our body and the smaller energy vortexes are called meridians. We have them behind our ears. We have them all over our head. We have them on our wrists. And the bigger energy vortexes in our body, we have seven of them, and we're opening up to 13. And those energy meridian systems are called chakras, right? So those little vortexes in our body are called chakras. That is actually a neural network, believe it or not. Now, if you want to be more physical about neural networks, just like the computer example, another physical example of a neural network is actually in our brain. And believe it or not, all of the computer systems, even the supercomputers that we have on the planet, are all mirrored after the neural network that we have in our brains. On top of that, all AI, artificial intelligence operations, are also mirrored and recreated after the neural network system in our brains. We've got little neural pathways in our brains that fire off signals that tell us when we're cold, when we're hungry, um, when we see something that's enticing, when we see something that's scary, the neural networks are fired off in our brain. Now, one of my biggest teachings is that we can actually reprogram our brain and redefine the neural network system and basically override our own programming to live the life, react, respond in any way that we seem deem fit rather than in a way that we have been programmed to believe. Just like looking in the mirror and thinking, ah, oh, you know, I wish I could lose that extra 10 pounds. That's not you that actually believes that. That is the neural network programming that has been programmed within you, those, those triggers, those thought patterns that fire off every time you see a celebrity in a magazine or any time you see a photoshopped image on Instagram. Guess what? They don't actually look like that all the time. And we need to reprogram our brain to understand that we are perfect and beautiful just the way that we are right? We can reprogram that. And essentially, we can actually reprogram any neural network in the entire universe. Just like we can reprogram a computer and upgrade the software, that's exactly what we're doing right at this time during the awakening. It's a really cool time to be awakened. It's a really cool time to even just live. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again that absolutely everything in the universe has a mirror reflection to everything else. So if we look at the micro, micro, microcosm of our brain or the microcosm of the chakra system in our body, that can be mirrored to the energy system on the planet. Believe it or not, not only does this planet Earth have its own chakra system, it also has vortexes, portals, and it has energetic ley lines. It has meridians, just like we have in our body. So you will actually hear scientists say 
and talk about the ley lines on the planet. They are once again just simply an energy system on this planet. So there are energetic lines all over this planet. When two powerful energetic lines intersect, it creates a vortex. These lines are called ley lines. The vortexes are essentially called vortexes, which are really cool. Now, likewise, if we mirror what's happening in our bodies and on the planet, if we mirror that within the universe, physicists talk about something called flux lines. These are really cool. I've personally experienced these flux lines within the universe because I'm able to astral travel within the flux lines of the universe and go to any dimension, any planet that I want to um, based on traveling through these energetic meridians within the universe. This is how time travel, space travel, um, traveling at the speed of light, this all comes down to these flux lines within the universe. And likewise, just like the body, just like the planet, when two or more flux lines in the universe intersect, of course, it creates a portal, a vortex, a gateway, or a stargate. If you're a Star Trek fan or a, you know, um, a Star Wars fan, you'll know what this is. So it's really cool. So once again, neural networks are everywhere. And if you want a really cool example of a neural network, just research sacred geometry. If you don't already know what sacred geometry is, check it out. It is the most profound example visually of what a neural network system really looks like. And if you really start to study and get into sacred geometry, you start to see the patterns. So the number one thing about neural networks is that the patterns are everywhere. And that has a lot to do with the theory of simulation. And we're going to leave that for another podcast, simulation theory. It's really cool. It basically says that we are living in a giant simulation, kind of like a virtual reality. And the only reason why scientists say that we're living in a giant simulation is because the neural networks of the universe and the energy system of the universe just simply seem too perfect to be natural. And I'm just going to leave it at that because that's a whole other topic. But I'm also really excited about that too. So I want to talk about the two components that make up the universe and how that really affects us as humans. I've kind of mentioned this before, but I want to go over it one more time. So there's really only two aspects of the universe that we need to be aware of that create the universe. One half of the universe, as we all know, we're living it, is the physical atomic component of the universe. Scientists can look into the sky and observe the stars and the Milky Way and other planets and, you know, other solar systems and, and basically observe all of the particles and subatomic particles that make up the universe. That is the atomic structure of the universe. And this atomic structure, we need to understand, is linear. Now, if you think about both time and space, it is a linear function of this atomic world. Without getting in it, into it too, too much, if you think about time as linear, well, the past was yesterday, 
The present is right now, and the future is tomorrow. It is a linear structure. Point A leads to point B, and therefore leads to point C. So, in a way, the universe in its atomic form can be quite easy to comprehend and understand because what you see is essentially what you get, right? Now, there's this second component of the universe that is, we've honestly barely scraped the surface within quantum physics, understanding the energetic and vibrational component of the universe. And that's what it is. The other half of the universe, or even more than half of the universe, is this non-physical, energetic, vibrational aspect of the universe. Now, they say that I think 10% of the universe is material matter, and they say that 90, that's right, I think it's around there, 90% of the rest of the universe is created and devised by dark matter. That's what they call it. The only reason why scientists call it dark matter is because they cannot see it. They cannot observe it, although they know it's there because they can measure it. That's the only reason why it's in existence is because it's measurable. And the reason why it's measurable is because vibrational frequency has emits a vibration, right? Vibrational frequency emits a vibration which can be studied. However, it's not necessarily understood at this point in time. Okay, so that's cool. So now we understand that the universe is both physical and non-physical. And we also understand that the physical component of the universe is linear. Now, what we need to understand on top of that is that the non-physical, the dark matter, the energy of the universe is simultaneous. And this is what makes studying it so freaking difficult. Now, there's something called superposition in science, in quantum physics. I don't know too much about this, but I have experienced it myself. Essentially, what I believe um, that I understand from superposition is that one particle can simultaneously be in one place in the universe while simultaneously be existing somewhere else in the universe. They have proven this with the Hydron Collider in Sweden. I think it's in Sweden. And, uh, and so basically what this means is that the present can affect the past. And what this means is that me, as Elizabeth April, in this moment, can also be in another moment simultaneously. Now, this is what's really confusing to physicists because they've only ever studied the linear progression of the atomic world. Now, when we get into the nonlinear, when we get into the vibrational, the energetic, everything is happening all at once. Now, because I am able in my abilities to tap into other dimensions, I'm actually able to surpass both time and space altogether. So I am constantly throughout my day experiencing superposition. I am constantly throughout my day tapping into the simultaneous nature of both time and space. I know it's a lot to take in, but a really good example of this would be past lifetimes. 
So I'm able to tap into someone's energy and their Akashic record, which is basically like that 5D memory. I'm able to tap into their cloud storage and I'm able to actually move into the past, whether on this planet or off this planet. I'm able to surpass linear time itself because I'm hopping into an energetic dimension where everything exists all at the same time. So even though I have a client named Cindy, right? I can tap into her past lifetime as John, you know, in the 1700s. That's possible because vibration and the non-physical aspect of the universe is simultaneous. So it's really important to understand that. Okay, so now, you know, just for the end of this, you know, this is a huge download for all of you. And I just want you to really maybe even replay this, uh, this podcast if you find it interesting or you know, play it back in a year from now, uh, if you're at that point in time. So I want to talk about uh, the way that we, as humans, transcend through the universe. Before I get into the way we transcend, I want to just briefly define the word transcend. So my definition of transcend is just move. It's just movement. Transcension is movement. It doesn't really matter which direction you're moving. It's just movement. And any movement is forward movement. That's how I look at it. So how do we as humans move through the universe, right? Um, Now, this is like a whole other podcast in itself, but I just wanted to briefly touch upon this. In every single lifetime, right, in every single incarnation, whether it be on this planet, off this planet, whether it be as a tree, as a dog, as a you know, a squid (laughs) as a whatever, right? As an ant. The way that we move through the universe is we basically learn lessons. Now, I believe through my channeling that there are about 12 dimensions within this universe, even though there are many multiverses. So in this universe, just for sake of ease, 12 dimensions. We're here on the physical third dimension, And what I've understood from tapping into simultaneous time is that in every single dimension and with every single incarnation, we are learning a subset of lessons. Those lessons are basically just challenges that we need to confront and face in order to move forward. Every lesson that we are faced with, every challenge that we overcome, we actually raise our vibration. And that's where a lot of people get stuck is, Elizabeth, you know, why is there so much suffering? Why do we have to be challenged? If we're not suffering, if we're not challenged, if we're not experiencing the negative within this universe, then we essentially cannot grow and move forward. There's no purpose for being incarnated if we're not experiencing both the binary of the light and the dark. So in order to transcend, we need to learn lessons. In order to learn lessons, we need to be challenged. In order to be challenged, we need to be confronted with things that trigger us. As we all know, we've all been very triggered very recently. So say, for example, there's like 2,000 lessons to learn in every dimension. So once we've learned all of those lessons through many different incarnations, many different experiences, many different challenges, triggers, tribulations, and successes, then we move on to another dimension. Now, of course, because the universe doesn't work in a linear fashion, we could be 
you know, simultaneously here as a human, while also simultaneously somewhere else on another planet in another dimension, existing as another being, learning another set of lessons. It's once again, it's all simultaneous. So I'll give you a really good lesson that a lot of humans have to learn here on this third dimension planet. And before I go into that particular lesson, I just want to say that every lesson that we are learning correlates to a bigger universal lesson that every um, soul in existence has to go through and has to learn. So say, for example, as a human, you are learning the lesson of grief and grieving. This is one of the hardest lessons for all humans to learn, right? Death is a very difficult thing to overcome as a human. And the reason being is because our consciousness in this limited state of this vessel, of this body, only understands that what we see in front of us is the only thing that exists. How scary is it to only think that our body, that this life, that that mother is the only thing in existence and that one day all of existence will collapse for you? That's, that's pretty fucking scary, right? But at the end of the day, that's not the truth. There is no such thing as death. And once we start to really liberate ourselves from grief and grieving, and we liberate ourselves from the concept of death, then we are fully liberated in all aspects of life. Grief and grieving is a lesson that every single incarnated soul needs to learn in this entire universe. Whether you are a Palladian with living within the Pallades or you're a human living on planet Earth, you have to learn the lesson of grief and grieving. And the reason why is because grief and grieving is one of the biggest and most fundamental aspects of a universal lesson. And the universal lesson is the law of impermanence. So the law of impermanence within the universe basically is the law of letting go of anything within the physical world. Once again, we are not just simply physical beings experiencing a physical lifetime. We are energetic powerhouses of soul consciousness that are experiencing this impermanent moment contained within a physical vessel. We do this billions and trillions of times over until we go back to source, source consciousness, where everything exists all in one and there is no division, no binary, no polarity, no separation between light and dark. It's just oneness. We are here on a journey. We are not here for a destination. And part of that journey is being challenged, transcending, moving forward, loving ourselves in the process, and finding that divinity and that peace in every moment. No matter if the moment is light or dark, we have set that on our path within our contracts to learn lessons and to move forward and to essentially transcend Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic Expand podcast on the way in which the universe works. I hope all of you have an extra piece of the puzzle and you're aware of a little bit more than maybe when you started this podcast. Be sure to check out the rest of my channels, my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook for more incredible content. Join me every Monday at 5.55 Eastern Standard Time for my live video on YouTube 
and Facebook. And with that, have a beautiful rest of your day and keep up the good work. I will be back next Tuesday for another expanding podcast. <laughs>